Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me at 215-259-3687 or on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So good morning. I wanted to talk to you today about something that is a little strange, but um, if you slip and fall, you know, where you fall matters. Did you fall on a residential sidewalk? Did you fall on a commercial property in Philadelphia? Did you fall on a building owned by SEPTA or the city? These three things make a big difference in kind of who you're up against and whether you're going to do well with your case or not. And the reason is this, you know, I've sued churches, I've sued homeowners, I've sued the city and commercial properties. Most lawyers involved in what I do and most jurors are willing to give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to the homeowner unless their sidewalk or property is in total disrepair. So the little cracks in the sidewalk, you know, those cases are not worth that much and they're a little risky because, you know, everyone involved kind of is willing to put you know, 25% responsibility on the person who falls for not, you know, anticipating the crack or whatever it is. But when you're in a situation like someone falls on a commercial property, meaning like a landlord or a mall, jurors and everyone else are less sympathetic to that because they have like a legal obligation to keep their place safe. They want you to come there as a customer. And so as lawyers, we look at it like they have a higher duty is the um, lawyer lingo, but basically they have a higher obligation to find out if there's a problem and fix it. And they certainly have the money to fix it, whereas some homeowners just don't. Suing the city is a whole nother thing because you have to have a, a higher level of injury threshold. But, you know, the city's kind of... <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've never lost a case against the city because at the end of the day, the city's got too many roads to repair. And at least at this point in time, they're not that good at it. So, you know, they leave sidewalks in disrepair. They leave roadways in disrepair. They just can't get to everything. And at the end of the day, they know it. You know, those cases get settled. And then there's the real, you know, fancy places like, you know, big buildings downtown or banks you know, places where jurors are just like, hey, look, you guys got tons of money. You didn't fix your property. That's on you. So those are kind of the different grades of, of defendants that you deal with, you know, when you're suing someone for your slip and fall injury. You know, I had a new lady, new case came in recently where a lady broke her wrist, um, you know, and it's cases underway. And, you know, the interesting thing is there's sort of a there's two defendants in that case and a lot of cases where it's a residential property owner, someone who owns their home, and they're responsible, at least in the city, for the sidewalk. But the side of the city is also secondarily liable. So you end up having to sue both the city and the homeowner because a lot of times the homeowners just don't have good insurance or enough insurance or, you know, in poorer areas of town, they haven't kept um, solid insurance up. So... You know, it's just sort of you got to kind of cover your bases. But if you sue both the city and the homeowner, then the city will always step in and cover any 
you know, over any uninsured amount up to $500,000. And then the city will theoretically go and, and sue the, the homeowner for their negligence. But so there, those are sort of like interesting little nuances. If you want to sue the city, you got to show permanent impairment of a bodily function, which, you know, if you just have a sprain or a strain, it's not going to uh, make your case worth anything because you're not going to be able to prove permanency. But, you know, it's, it's not that hard as a lawyer to come up with permanent impairment of bodily function um, under the right circumstances. You know, if you've fractured a bone or it's near your wrist or you have reduced, you know, range of motion, those are all things that, you know, at least in my mind, are, are get you over that threshold. So, you know, and I'll tell you just a quick war story. I have a guy who is finishing up a three-year term in prison for stabbing someone which we frown upon, obviously, but, um, you know, I was about to try a case for him on a slip and fall against the city, and he had slipped and fallen in a fairly large pothole in the middle of a very busy street and tore his rotator cuff, which is sort of the muscle complex behind your shoulder blade. And, you know, we couldn't really <laughs> go to trial because he was in jail. And the judge, you know, said, well, are you ready for trial, Mr. Newworth? And I sort of said, I'm sort of ready, judge. You know, in Philly, you got to be ready on like 12 to 24 hours notice. You know, and I, I sort of had this problem. I was like, geez, what am I going to do? My client's not around and he can't tell his story. And without my client, we can't prove our case. So it would have been a whole huge rigmarole undertaking to get him produced with the you know, city or state sheriff to testify in handcuffs or something. Uh, probably not in handcuffs, but to testify and then put him back in prison. So ultimately, you know, he agreed and the case settled for 25 or 50 less than it was probably worth just because, you know, there was a chance that we'd get sent out to trial and couldn't prove our case. So that was a fairly recent case against the city. I've had other pothole cases against the city, um, and, you know, the case against the city move fairly according to expectations. You know, they don't settle until like the eve before trial, just because that's how the city prefers to do things at this point. But, you know, at some point you're going to get an offer. At some point you're going to, you know, have a decision to make about, you know, is this case triable or not? Is it a good case or not? Is it one that is worth, you know well in excess of 500000 or not, because that's the most you can recover from the city. So anyway, there's, you know, a fair amount to talk about in other days of podcasts. But, you know, for the time being, where you're located, who you're suing, all these things really matter. All right, that's enough for today. This has been Ask Andy. Have a great day. I hold people accountable.